one more thing, because I can go on for days with these <laughs> tragedies. Yeah. I had a really bad business breakup in the middle of all this. Mm. You know, you go, you invest time in partnering in partnering with somebody. Mm. And I know this is a lot of people's story. And some mm. people quit after it. You think, um, yeah, I'm not doing that again. Not going into partnership again, but some people just quit on business altogether. Yeah. Like I have all the excuses to have quit, but I'm like, no, I'm standing in my purpose. God said this was supposed to be. So it needs to be <laughs> all these things are just roadblocks, but without them, how do you get stronger and how do you become a testimony for someone else that's coming up behind you? I searched all over the world, struggling to find it. Then I met my boy, David E. Simons. Yeah, I searched all over the world, struggling to find it. Then I met my boy, David E. Simons, yeah. Discover my gift, yeah, yeah. Discover my gift, yeah, yeah. But David E. Simons, yeah. Discover my gift, yeah, yeah. Discover my gift, yeah, yeah. But David E. Welcome to another episode of How I Discovered My Gift, really David D. Simons. I am so delighted, honored, and excited to have today's guest on today, Miss Shonda Bell in the building. So we're going to get into it, and I'm going to break down her background, and then we're going to go into uh, my personal reflection of knowing Shonda and uh, tell you a little bit about her even more from a personal angle. So Shanna Bell is a certified public accountant, CPA, and an entrepreneur enthusiast and the CEO of Beyond Accounting and Tax. Um, And she's obsessed with helping entrepreneurs grow and support successful businesses and nonprofits. She's on a path to to ultimate financial freedom and wants to take as many people as possible with her. She's also a busy mom of three and realized that in order to maximize her time and reach and help more entrepreneurs, she needed to leave her corporate job so that she she could excel in this purpose, which she did in 2017. After 15 years of working in the corporate accounting, auditing, and nonprofit field, <clears throat> she found her passion in helping visionaries uncover their goals, aka the why, budget for those goals, the how, and how to track those financial financials the results of the hard work in order to get and stay on the right path to accomplishing their mission her ultimate financial freedom goal is to build a life of impact serve people using the gifts god gave her how about the how how apropos gifts uh and and to help thousands if not millions of people to do the same welcome to the so show shana appreciate you being on Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm pumped after hearing that again. I haven't read that in a while. <laughs> I love you. it. I, I love it. Let, let me let me just tell you all not every guest I have a, a personal connection with, but but I'm blessed to have one with Shauna and she's just a sweet soul. Like uh, I, I, I've, I've gotten to know her over 2022, 2023. And uh, her personality is just she's just the one of the most optimistic, positive people I've met. And uh, she is really dedicated to help people with their finances and from a perspective of not just the numbers, the mindset behind it. She's big on mindset. Um, she's big on understanding uh, of your vision, the why with the motor and a lot of not a lot of financial pro- professionals 
um, have that duality of the numbers and the why and all of those components. They usually, you, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but financial professional, professional <clears throat> right brain only and don't really tap into the person it's just about the numbers but she right. she is she is a, it's gifted in that and, and and has that dual uh dual gifting from what i see so again welcome shana to the show truly an thank honor you. to have you on thank you for your kind words i think you nailed it <laughs> oh, thank you thank you so so we're gonna kick this right off right um this show is all about discovering one's gifts and talents and and, le and serving them to the world as you state in your bio um when you think about your journey um just take take us through even before becoming the uh the corporate professional that you were take us through as a child like what did you want to do and what what were your aspirations and then how did you get into your path It's very, uh, I, it's odd. So I talked a lot. I was always, I was very argumentative. I always had a position to, um, to get across. And that of course drove people like my mother crazy. And then I thought that meant I needed to be a lawyer. Cause that's what people said. You talk a lot. You like to, um, argue. I wouldn't say argue. I would say, um, I don't know what the word was. However, then that grew to me wanting to be a boss. <laughs> I saw a movie and there was this woman and she just had this corner office and she just eat, eat, um, she just came across as very powerful. I didn't know what she did. I didn't understand it, but I just wanted to be a boss and I wanted to have like this big corner office. So then that led me to business and um, that led me to I think when I went to undergrad, my marketing, my, my major was like marketing. Cause I was like, I don't know what business, like, what do I do? Like business management. I didn't have like a, I just knew I liked to talk and I liked to, um, argue points. And then I wanted to be a boss. So then I went into undergrad with business management and marketing back then marketing wasn't really a thing, but then accounting became a thing because I was in there during. I don't know if you know this. If normally, if it's that far back, you have to be in the accounting world to know Arthur, Arthur, what is it called? Aaron, Arthur Anderson and Enron, they did like some really bad stuff. And it basically oh, yeah. changed the entire industry where new laws came into place. So like one of my professors was like, yeah, there's going to be a lot of jobs in this. So then I went accounting. Um, and then anything I said I was going to do was like, I'm going to go to the top. So I was like, well, I guess I got to be a CPA. I didn't love <laughs> the stuff, but it's like, if you're telling me, you know, like stair steps, like if this is what I got to do to get to, to, to be successful, this is what I got to do to get to the top, set your mind to it and you just do it. It wasn't easy. Like I don't like tests. I didn't like studying, but I did it like, cause I said I was going to do it. So I did it. But, um, undergrad, no, when I came out of school, I went and did big four. You go work for the big companies because that's what you're supposed to do. But I was always a wanderer, a dreamer. Uh, I was not satisfied. I was just very, I was working for the big, the biggest public accounting firms, but I was still like, well, what else is there? You know? And thankfully those, 
corporate companies invested a lot in their talent, especially the young people. And there was always programs. There was always leadership training. There was always volunteer stuff. And I would always raise my hand for it. But I was just never satisfied. And then when I started looking at the top, I was like, hmm, is that the lifestyle I want? Is that the power I want? Um, it was a lot of men. It was a lot of Caucasian men. And it was a lot of men that had like wives that were at home. They worked around the clock. And I was like, well, they don't look like me. <laughs> we're different genders. Um, I don't want to go drinking and golfing and doing all the things you had to do to, to, to do that. So it's like, this is not the top, the top for me. So I transitioned into nonprofit because that's where my heart and my passion really lie. Like throughout the whole thing, church and volunteerism was a common thread. So I went and did that and I looked at the top and I was like, okay, don't want to do that. Cause you know, I'm always looking at the top. I'm always looking for what's more, what's more. And then um, I wasn't in love or passionate about what it took to get to that top, working around the clock, you know, CEO, CFO, big companies. I was like, no, that's not what I want. Then I had my first child and was like, if we get another one, I got to go. I got to quit this corporate thing because I mm. want to be more invested in them than the career. I want, I actually want both, but I knew in those environments, I couldn't have both the way I wanted it. So there and started my entrepreneurship journey that just kind of pushed me out when I started having children. So I'll pause there to see if that yeah. answers the first question. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like that, that's fascinating. I mean, because you are, you know, a person it's in your title, a uh, financial excellence coach. Like that's not just what you do for your clients. That's who you are. The excellence, like, you, you said, you, you said, I'm going to go into this space. If I'm going to this space, whether it's the mo my most favorite thing to do or not, I'm going to be the best at, at it possible. And right. you knew uh, that having a child would change the ability to, to really give your job, your all and your child, your all. So you said, well, well how can I go into a space where I can give my child my all and I can help other people and have that freedom. So I really admire that in, 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 in doing that. So I, and I know the CPA test that we've had actually, uh, uh, one or two CPAs on the show and that's, that's rigorous. Like you cannot, that's like, I, they say it's harder than law school. It's harder than a lot of the, a lot of the, um, the, all the series of things, not everybody. I just don't want to underscore the level of development you had to do to get to that standpoint. What was the mindset that pushed you through to get past that? I'm pretty stubborn. And once I started down the path, once I had peers, like in public accounting, you get on this track and I see the people that were beside me and ahead of me um, acquiring this title and doing the thing. And I was like, I stated, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. They they are no different than me. They are no better than me. They, I mean, some of them, you, and then under, undergrad, I just knew I was never a really great test taker. I was the participation. Remember, I like to talk. I was like the participation in the homework. <laughs> but yeah. when it came to tests, my brain is just, it's not so waffle or like boxed, like rigor, like you, it's either yes or no. To me, my brain is not that, but... I was in an environment where you had to conform to it. I made the choice to enter into it 
So once I did, I had to conform in order to reach the goal. So once I said I was going to do it, I was going to do it. It took me a long time. <laughs> Let me tell you, it took a long time. Um, but I wanted to get it. I wanted to do it and I did it. And when I did it, oh my goodness, the joy <laughs> that I had because I proved it was more so me proving it to myself than everyone else. Mm. Um, so yeah, it took me years. Like it was no, oh, and how about in this? I don't know so much about the bar and stuff, but I was taking it so long. I started to lose parts that I passed. So I had to what? retake parts. You're kidding. Yes. yes. Like some of, the, some of the parts um, I passed the first time, the second time, but then I got stuck on, let's say the hardest part was like financial reporting at that time. Um, and I had to take it again. And then I had to pass that one. And then before the rest of them expired, you had to take, you had to pass them all because they started, you started losing the parts. So it was crazy. But I said I was going to do it. So I did it. That's impressive. Wow. So take me back to a as a child, Shana, Shana, what, when you think about your childhood, your gifting, and then when you think about, you know, um, being an adult today, knowing, knowing it for sure, what is your most dominant gift and did it adjust or did you see it as a child as well? I don't, you know, I need to go back in journals and stuff. Cause every now and then I, I did keep journals and I'm going to say this. Then I think you'll, you'll see the connection. I thought about this and I believe that my gift is, um, is the belief the belief in something and the dream being a dreamer being a creator being a having the agility and the 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 ability to believe in something so much whether or not it's like it makes sense cuz it back then it didn't make sense that Shauna, you, how, what, when did you graduate undergrad and you didn't pass a CPA? Like you really believe you can do this? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, of course I can pass it because I have the belief I can. And then the dreamer perspective, I was reminded of Joseph in the Bible. That was a gift. God gave him the gift of dreams and it got him in out of bondage into the, into the palace. And then there progressed his stuff, his. So when I was going through these exercises years ago, like, what is your purpose? What is your gift? I was so confused because um, it wasn't something you could put your, your finger on. It wasn't like, I have the gift to sing. I have the gift to create, being creative. It wasn't that. But when not only I saw it in myself, like if I can create something in my mind, I can make it come to fruition. Not without God's help, of course. Right. But not only that, like Joseph, I can help other people see their purpose and dreams and motivate them because of my stories. Like, I can't tell you how many times I'm on the phone with someone and they're thinking of, oh, I want to do this. I want to do that. And I'm like, what's stopping you? Okay. What's up? What's the deal? And there's these excuses and excuses. So then some of those people see me putting my dreams and my actions to, 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 executing them and then you know they see that and it gives them motivation and energy 
to come and pick that thing up that they've been putting aside, of course. And if they feel like it, they know if they get on the phone with me, I'm going to be pressing their button. Like, what are you doing? What, what do you need? Like God said that you were supposed to do that thing. Why haven't you done it yet? Mm. Excuses. I got them all. I got three kids. I've had the past five years and I'm going to start YouTube too. Yeah. And like all the titles come to mind. And I was like, one of the titles is going to be, um, how to prepare for your next tragedy. I've had so many tragedies since I've had children on top of the children are tragedies. They just a lot of work, but, <laughs> um, I have the ability to use every excuse in the book to well, just can, have to can, stop. Can you speak, can, if you don't mind, can you speak on some of these tragedies? Cause I think, I think, you know, listeners are, are, are probably like, you know, well, I, you know, Shana, Shana, I got this, I got that, I got this. And, and so we want to just cancel some excuses today. Oh yeah, for sure. So the only reason I was able to quit, no, wait a minute. So when I had my first child, I had this, my mind, there's like, it's not a perfect mind. Sometimes I, I'm too hard on myself. I didn't want my daughter, this is before I quit corporate, um, to be in childcare and I had my mom's support. So she was always, my daughter was always part-time, part-time my mom, part-time me, right? So then when we had a second child, I still had my mom. She had the first kid and the baby part-time and I was able to balance a little more because all my jobs, I'm like, well, um, yeah, I don't want to work full time. What, mm. Like, what, what can we do? I was always positioning things, right? Yeah. So then when I had a month before I had my third child, I lost my mom. I had to wrap up her affairs and do all the stuff. And she moved by me when I had my first daughter. Um, and so we were her world. And she really was very... Um, key player in me really starting this because she, I knew my children were taken care of. So almost a month to the day she passed away, I had my third child. Mm -hmm. So having to deal with that and deal with it, but you know, like just go through those emotions, be a mom of two little kids because they were all two and a half years apart. So I had a two and a half year old and a four year old, and now I have a newborn baby and a mm -hmm. business. Like mm -hmm. what? It was a lot. Mm -hmm. It was a lot. So then fast forward, my my youngest daughter is only three. So since then, I have been very involved with two more tragic deaths in my family. Meaning being like, I wasn't the daughter of the person, but I was the, I was doggone there close to it. Or like one was almost like a sister to me. One was like a, uh, I was like a dog. She was like my second mom here where I live locally. And so having to put down the business, not put it down, like kind of like pause. I need to go be there for my family. I need to go be there for my cousins. I need to go be there for this person. And I need to run a business and these two kids. And, you know, like, well, no, three at that time, <laughs> at that time, three. So on top of having um, my husband is an entrepreneur as well. So us trying to balance parenting and that entrepreneurship life, which is unpredictable. Oh my, you know, this, like yes. you're, you, you, you know, you're traveling, you're, um, but those little people still need you, that spouse still needs you. And then all the other things. So those are just some examples of whew, like, oh, and, and one more thing. Cause I can go on for days with these <laughs> tragedies. Yeah, I had yeah. a really bad business breakup in the middle of all this. 
Mm. You know, you go, you invest time in partner in partnering with somebody. Mm. And I know this is a lot of people's story and some people quit after it. You think, um, yeah, I'm not doing that again. Not going into partnership again, but some people just quit on business altogether. Yeah. Like I have all the excuses to have quit, but I'm like, no, I'm standing in my purpose. God said this was supposed to be, so it needs to be. <laughs> all these things are just roadblocks, but without them, how do you get stronger? And how do you become a testimony for someone else that's coming up behind you? Mm. Wow. We all know that, that attitude. I, I see your gift shining through uh, all the things you're sharing about the tragedies. Cause um, like you said, you know, you could easily quit, bow out, you know, just, just forget this. I mean, it, it's, it's one thing to go through a trial. It's, it's another thing to go through multiple trials at the same time. At That's, the same time. You, you know, so I much, much respect. So in just break down for me, how you use this basically it sounds like it's the gift of faith right the bible talks about that there's the gift of faith where you just have um uh like it's a it's, it's another level or layer of faith than most people have uh to where you believe you can accomplish the impossible and do do the unbelievable and it's that's obviously it sounds like it's in your in your life and that's what, what you've done now also break down how you use this gift in in business and also in your in your firm because I'm, I'm imagining that's also the case when you're looking through your clients numbers and you're looking through their businesses and kind of being an advisor so i think for all uh business owners or and christians you first start by setting an example right you set the example if you are um in business, somebody that finances is normally the thing that gets left, to, like put to the side. You either you started a business out of circumstance because you lost a job or because you have this dream and so forth and so on. So when things get started, finances are normally put to the put to the side. Right. So having had a successful business or successful businesses because i've had a few um and showing people that it's possible to do it doing it while having three small children and doing it while you know not a lot of people know of all the ups and downs that i've experienced through it i mean most of my close clients knew when i lost my mom when i had deaths in the family because it's like this is real or when i had the baby like, this is real, guys. I need, you know, like, I'll be right back. <laughs> like, yeah. I need to pause for a second. I'll be right back. So right. setting an example is very, first off, very important. And then making things, um, what I've learned is certain things, and I know this for sure, things that become easy to me or you are not easy to other people. So making it plain, making it understandable, making it, um, because confusion blocks a lot of um it, it's a block it's it blocks things it if you're confused if you're down if you're all these things you don't be, like belief is so far-fetched ahead of you 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 can't even envision seeing being out of debt being understanding your financials you know if you're not able to make it plain for someone to understand so right. seeing where someone is in their journey 
and their, you know, in, in their experiences or even dealing with their own trauma and stuff and making it believable that, no, this does not have to be you for the rest of your life. You know how many calls I've gotten on and I said, do you know what financial freedom is? And people are like, no, what's that? Mm. I mean, it's a definition, but when I explain it, like, can you imagine having a life where you don't, you know, there's different levels of financial freedom according to Tony Robbins. Um, but can you imagine a life where you not only are able to pay your bills, but you're able to, to not have to have your bills paid, to not have to work, live off investment, interest, interest investment, and have luxuries and be able to vacation, be able to just live your life. Like, can, like people don't even fathom it. So basically what I'm saying is meeting people where they are and then opening up their mindset to imagining something that they didn't even knew existed and help and helping them to see that that path yes and helping them get on the path and then seeing them through to it is is kind of like how i look at the value that i bring like it's the education piece and then um then stabilizing them then having them kind of like grow through the steps i'm writing something about that so stay tuned about that i love it oh so yeah that does that make sense that makes perfect sense so you you've embodied that and you live out that example i know we've had conversations you're an investor you do other things outside of the space and 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 so you example to your clients so take me through walk me through an example of either either it could be a client a student someone you've coached or someone where you where they came and they didn't have that understanding of financial freedom and you were able to help them <clears throat> position or transition to a place of like wow this is a different reality that i had before sure so i will use an example of someone that i helped uh position themselves to so some people depending on where you are right um you quickly realize if you have big financial goals, your nine to five job is not going to get you there. That was one of the reasons why I was like, no, this is not cool. Like in, in my field, people can make a good partners. Oh my goodness. They can make a good half a million like salary or even more than that. But do you know what they had to do to get that? <laughs> like that's not, that's not, was that my phone? I don't know. Um, so anyway, so getting someone that has those big dreams or introducing those dreams to them, we can quickly, you know, in this example, make them realize that, hold on, this W, this W2 job is not all, is not all that you need, right? So let's start a business. Okay. We start a business. Okay. Let's start, you know, paying down your debt. Okay. Let's, let's do that. Let's maximize as much as you can in this business. It, it you know, like it was a side hustle in this situation, the side hustle, in order for you to ramp up paying down the debt and all that. But not only was she able to do this, she was able to in, like start investing in real estate because when you think of that number, yeah. like everyone has a number, they just don't know they have it. They haven't assigned it to themselves. They haven't spoke it. They haven't made it. Uh, they haven't brought it into their future reality yet. Right. So, so once I helped them envision, or once I helped her envision, oh, that's your number. That's where you want to go. Well, what are the things you need to do to get you there? Okay. That nine to five job, it's security, but it's not all that's there. So, okay, let's start a business. Not only to start a business, let's talk about, 
let's skip all the that low pricing to start with because everyone that starts a business they price too low they do anything to get clients a lot of them you do all the things that um you think you're supposed to do to start out like i'm just starting i need to you know get clients i don't know exactly what i'm doing and you have a value like we've talked you through it like there's a value to that so let's you know and it's oh my goodness this this part is hard like having people understand their value and having them put it on the page sometimes i'm like let me just get on the sales call give me the sales call and i will sell <laughs> you at yes. that price because some people don't listen you know she comes back and she's like yeah i sold it but it was only for this much i was like no, no that's fine. Mm. anyway so um so the journey from w2 job to envisioning the goals then to um Envisioning the goal, starting the business, paying down the debt, investing in real estate, because what does that do? That gives you cash flow. So then you can reassign to the debt payoff, to the um, savings goals. And then the goal is we're not quite there yet. The goal is to have the investment income and the side hustle increase, like um, exceed the W-2. So now you can quit the W-2 job. So that's kind of like the path that I like to, that's just one specific example, but that's like the path I like to create or help people see, you know, this could be your track, but you have to start with um, the belief that there's something else out there. I've also realized everyone is not able to do that. Everyone is not able to believe there's more. So not that it's impossible for them to get there, but they have to work on a lot more internally before they can actually, because some of it can be too intense. Like I recommended a book recently and then they were like, Rich was in the title. I didn't know that was offensive. Like it was a little offensive. Like, I don't even want to be rich. I just want to be out of debt. And I'm like, oh, what? okay. <laughs> I was like, but the book is not, anyway. So people come in different stages and all the things and, and, and having done this for some years, it's like being able to see where they are and just like zone in to what they need. And if they're ready, let's go. Um, some people need a little bit more time. That's, that's, that's what I learned. So, so take me through this because you've obviously worked on your mindset. And I know that's big, a big thing for you, mindset. And it should be a big thing for everybody. Um, right. But it's not. Um, and you've had to put in the level of development into yourself to get yourself to, though you have this gift of faith and you have this gift of belief, and you've also had to work on yourself to to develop yourself to that to the capacity you have to today. So talk, talk us through the, the development behind the scenes. Like, what if over the years, you know, whether, you know, before before going into corporate or while in corporate and in the entrepreneurship, what level of reading and um, personal development and self-development have you gone through to get yourself to where you are? That's interesting. Well, first of all, I love books. Since a child, and I'm so... I didn't even realize, no, I kind of realized I was doing this. My mother would always take us to the library and I would always have at least 10, 20 books. And now I have passed that down to my kids. However, they are not allowed to have that many books, but because keeping up with that many books, 
yeah. with three little children. But anyway, I've always had the interest in learning more about a thing. So I've always been a good reader. And I don't know why. I mean, I was undergrad. I was like accounting finance. So I started reading finance books, books about um, living debt-free lives. Of course, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Like these books came into my my interest level. And I don't really remember. It's not like someone put the book in my hand. You know, I was normally the one putting the book in someone else's hand. So I don't know mm-hmm. if it was the influence through professors or classes, but I've always just had... Or, or Barnes and Noble, like that. I'm a Barnes and Noble junkie. Like I can just go and smell books and just be happy. <laughs> <laughs> so financial literacy, like that has always been my thing. So I remember reading a book about, um, dang, I got rid of some of these books. Of course, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Think and Grow Rich. Those are some books I read early on, but there was another book, wasn't by a famous, famous author. They might be famous now, but it was about, um, selling it was about negotiations it was about and i'm rem- i'm reminded my husband we we've been together for a while now so we bought a couple cars and you know car dealership like come on like there's always negotiations and i used to embarrass him <laughs> like he would just always be like um shauna like you can't say that i'm like why can't i he's like because this guy spent all his time he needs to get a sale and like he's fine because you know they get a little desperate in it and i'm like i'm gonna push back like we came in here knowing what we wanted to pay how we wanted to finance and all these things but having the confidence to just be like all about my numbers and not letting anybody tell me different has is just it's just been ingrained in me so now not now so there was a point where i was like i need more like i need more i need a coach i need something that's stronger than me something that's going to feed my yearning for more knowledge and more of the stuff i know and it took forever like there was years where i searched out coaches and then i would um listen to a little bit of their stuff and i'm like oh well that's what i think you know nobody could really tell me something that just made my mind go like whoa how did that just happen (laughs) or um it was just more of something I've read, something like I just wasn't really like, eh, like that doesn't to me. And I'm not being arrogant about it, but yeah. it just wasn't the person just wasn't big enough. Because if you think about yourself in terms of your future, if you've got, you know, like enough or a lot of dreams yourself, you want someone so far ahead of you that you have somewhere to go. Right. That's right. So yeah. then about a, almost a year ago, and this is how I met you, I come across mm-hmm. our amazing coach, who? Yes. My <laughs> Myron Gold. And then that was a place where I'm just like, you just in it, cause you know, you're in it. And you're like, wait a minute, what just happened? Like, what? What just happened? Right. And it was just so, I'm gonna say overwhelming in a good way. The way that then you kind of see yourself like, okay, let me plug into this outlet because I can see that this is really going to make me strong enough to continue to pour into other people, but also fill me up to get me to where, you know, I need to go. But it was starting with this interest and this understanding that I don't know it all. 
there's a lot of people that have come before me and did the thing. So why am I going to try to create a wheel? Let me see how you did it. Let me plug into what's applicable to me and my situation. And let me leverage that, create my own situation, get my own people, and let's go down the path together. So mm -hmm. that's kind of how I, you know, where it started and where I am, like all the way through, mm -hmm. like where I am now, which is so much to awesome. do. I love it. I love it. You you, you really hit on a, a, an important topic of, you know, you've got to have um, someone that, that where your dreams are like, oh, that like they look at it like, oh, man, that's easy, right? Like that, like, like it, it, it's got to be, they've got to be so beyond where you're envisioning um, and that helps to, to, to produce a great coach. So uh, I love that you shared that. Now, could you, could you break down? Cause I know you have, as it states in your bio, <clears throat> you really learned how to maximize efficiency and productivity because that's something entrepreneurs struggle with a lot too. Um, now they've got a business, but some entrepreneurs create a job, right? Where you now have a job that's harder than your other job that you had in corporate, plus you're maybe paid, paid less and <laughs> you have less time and you still, but you still have the autonomy so could you speak about the efficiency and some of the practices you use to be efficient and, 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 and be effective at the same time? Yeah. So I wasn't always good at this, right? So when I first started out by the grace of God, I was able to replace my income, which that's another YouTube video, right? Mm -hmm. Replace my income within a matter of weeks because of how, yeah, like surpassed my income um, very quickly. And if I had to do it all over again, well, first, let me step back. You have to understand your situation because I was building my business based on someone else's situation. I had a coach, which was awesome. I wouldn't, I, I, I learned amazing things. And it was a coach that helped CPA start and run a business. Cause you can know the numbers, but I recognize that it's more to just knowing numbers to run a business. Right. But based on the teaching, it was like, you should be able to get to this much without hiring anybody like this much six figures. That was like 250 or something. Right. And I was like, okay, well, I'm a good student. I'm like, all right, let's go. Let me do it. But I got in it, replaced my, surpassed my income. I'm on this path. Right. And I'm like, wait a minute. I don't have no time. Like what? Like, you know, my mom who was helping me and she's like, all right, I got to go home. I'm like, mom, but I got clients. And then when you're first starting out is that pressure to not mess up and, and all this stuff. So if I had to do it again with my situation, given I was starting this with young children, I would not have tried to get to that six figure replacement income without hiring someone leveraging my business. You know, they came to me cause I'm a CPA. I have the things, but leveraging that to hire someone off the back, like every dollar I wish, then I would have said it for every dollar I make, this is the margin I want to keep. I want to keep 60 cents. I'm gonna pay someone 40 cents and just, mm -hmm. just break it up immediately. That's mm -hmm. what I should have did. However, everyone's situation is different. So I guess the first thing would be to figure out the situation you want. Mm -hmm. Even now people look at all these business owners that have these amazing businesses and all that kind of stuff. And they want to 
uh, replicate. I'm like, but you don't know their situation. Right. You know, you don't want to replicate it and lose balance and lose life and lose um, family members or like your kids just off the hook because you're not, you know, trust me, I've been there watching a little bit too much TV and all that kind of stuff. And then seeing the results of it, right? Look, no, know your situation and immediately figure out how much leverage you need immediately and, and just produce it. So to me, you don't have a business until you leveraged yourself and delegated something. So delegation is huge. Even if you start out with a VA in, in, in my field, even if it's a VA that knows a little bit about bookkeeping, that just can just look at the accounts and do something or just manage emails, like anything that you don't need it in, in my experience, if anything that you don't need to have a CPA or you don't need to have my degree and my experience to do, you shouldn't be doing it. You, someone else should be doing everything, every, everything. And then I would say, um, systems comes into place like that. Every business is different, but, but finding a system to be able to, um, reproduce the knowledge that you have early on and then delegate it is so important. And if people build businesses like this, you know, mm recognize your situation and the type of business you want. If you want to work 24 hours a day, that's up. That's you. Like, that's not me. <laughs> that's that person. Right. Um, yeah. but if you want to work 50%, you know, like four hours a day, we'll go get some clients and figure out what systems and person you need in place to, um, to do that. And in this yeah. day and age, there's so many systems out there. There's really no excuse and they're not eh, expensive per se, um, that it, it's, it's too hard to, to do. So yeah, lever figuring out your situation, leveraging yourself and delegating and systems is, is so important and knowing how much of the dollar you need to keep upfront, like how much of it do you need to pay? And then just don't give the rest away, but just spend it wisely and then just have your balanced situation. That's gold. I love that leverage, leverage. You would have started out with leverage from the very beginning that's good that's good wisdom right there um so talk to us about because you know like you said you replaced your income very fast which which is unheard of uh for any industry right um so could you speak to obviously you had to leverage some marketing and positioning and all those things and so which is the last d we've talked about to discover what the gift is which is the belief gift uh, the, the gift of faith. We've talked about the development, the things that you had to do to work on your mindset, the things you had to do to work on yourself as an entrepreneur, the things you had to do to improve efficiency and effectiveness. And the last D we always get into is distribution or AKA marketing. So how, especially for entrepreneurs, let's, let's just say there's some aspiring CPAs, aspiring entrepreneurs that want to build a business um, like you have. And, they want to get a fast track and they want to get more clients opportunities. Um, what, what, what advice or wisdom would you share on the distribution part, the marketing? So for me, I'll start, I didn't know all this then, but I didn't know I was doing this, but it's so important. Um, having relationships and the no like, and trust factor, it's huge because that is how I was able to um, yeah. replace. It was relationships. 
it was I actually made my current job one of my first clients because of the relationships that I had and because they trusted me and knew me. It was just it was just so easy and they knew I was going to do do, you know, do a good job and do right. But then the next thing was um, was. So so they knew me, they trusted me and I had a relationship, but some people don't know you. Some people don't have that relationship. So how do you grow um, a cold lead into a hot one? Right. Having professional. You know, when I started, I didn't have a website. I just had LinkedIn. That's all I had. And just being visible, being someone that um, being top of mind, you know, like in this season, you know, I could just send out a few messages to my LinkedIn people and and um, nine times out of ten, it's like, oh, I need a CPA. I mean, I'm not doing some of that work anymore, but I can definitely like connect and be a resource. So being visible, top of mind is is not direct marketing, but it's so important to have a good presentation of yourself on a platform somewhere. Um, I also took a lot of time to gain reviews, like have people just kind of in the beginning and it was all on LinkedIn. I didn't have a website or anything, have people that worked with me and knew me to say good things about me because that's how I shop. Um, so I would say shop like you shop, like, no, sell like you shop, <laughs> I guess. Mm. Like go out there. If you are someone that is like, I need to see some reviews. I need to see, you know, sometimes you need to see a website sometimes to, in order to get to know someone that and grow from cold to warm to hot. It's like, these are things that I incorporated early on. And then I also used, when I finally got a website, I was able to get clients like that without a website, definitely without SEO. But when I, got the website, I did SEO, which is bananas, but it takes time, right? It takes time, but it's also marketing. It's also um, passive. It's less expensive than ads and all that kind of stuff. But just depending on where you are in the scaling, it's like starting from zero to 10. Once you get, you know, your passive marketing, if can you call them that, like your passive stuff taken care of, then Okay, well, how many clients do you have? How many do you need? What margin do you need? Then if you want to pick it up and you've already got all that low hanging fruit, then you want to go to hiring someone because it is not your specialty. <laughs> like people try to do and I've tried to do myself, um, but I'm a type of person. I don't need to be anymore right in the weeds like I want it said this way, but yeah. You know, sometimes you just kind of let go of some of the stuff. I think once I get a good run of all my first things built out, like in, in terms of courses and content, then maybe I can back off a little bit. But I've learned people that are in the profession can do it a whole lot better, a whole lot more um, effective than you can because it's not your purpose. It's not your, um, wow, it's really dark in here. It's crazy. Um, <laughs> it's, um, it's, um, I was going to say, it's your, it's not your ministry. Mm -hmm. So spending your time in your ministry and depending on where you are in your career or your scalability of your business, that's when, and then you might need to involve the specialist at the beginning of it. Like if I had to do it all over again, I probably would have done that. Like 
just come and tell me what I need right. <laughs> so that I can do this instead of tripping over myself and doing things that don't work and all that kind of stuff. So in this technological stage, um, being present in social media, being seen, being visible is just so important. And some businesses maybe make it without it. I don't know. <laughs> I know some don't have websites, but without being on the scene, I mean, it'd be pretty hard to get to get someplace. I don't know what the number is, but it'd be pretty hard to, to get um, a pretty big financially healthy or wealthy situation without without it um so yeah well, that's cool i love that mm -hmm. you, you you spoke to a lot of things and the importance of trust and relationship um you know leveraging experts that's all wisdom so tell us about ways and resources people can connect with you i know you're a speaker i know you said you're working on a book so pending author uh and, and i know you do you have coaching as well to help other uh financial professionals so tell us a little about some of the ways that people can connect with you and the services that and, and offerings that you have sure so my website is um beyond accounting tax um there i talk about my financial um intelligence coaching program where that takes you from um, building a foundation of understanding, you know, finances. That's a huge thing that it's like, if you don't understand your numbers or understand why they even scare you, you need to build a good foundation all the way through wealth building. Cause you got to start somewhere and there's things in between. Right. So then of course, um, so that's for entrepreneurs. I also have a program where I'm helping CPAs do what I did, you know, like replace the income, exceed the income as quickly as you, as you want. Um, so I have a program with that and then that's all on my website, but they can follow me, follow me on social media. It's she's a CPA, S H E A C P A on Instagram and Facebook. It's just business. Uh, my name, Shauna Bell or beyond accounting tax. Love it. We're going to plug all of those uh, in the show notes. Um, yeah. And and you also have um, like a challenge and, and other things people can get involved with. They can find that all, all or is there a specific site for that? They can connect with? Um, it's on my website right now. I'm planning my next challenge, but the inquiry form is on my website. So if you're interested in the next coming challenges um, for either entrepreneurs or CPAs, they can find it inquiry forms on my website or just um social media i have a group that you can join i have the um what is it called work less get paid more no no, no that's not what it's called cpa freedom wait pause freedom for cpas uh, service providers and agency owners um so that'll get you plugged into um the challenges that i'm doing for cpas but otherwise the financial coaching my website is the best place to get plugged in for what's going on with that. Superb. I love it. So we always ask this question on the show, Shana, and, and that is, um, what's the difference between one's gift and one's purpose? One's gift and one's purpose. That's good. Okay. One's gift and purpose. 
So I would say your gift, which came from God, which your gift that God gave you, um, what makes you unique, what no one else has, what, what cannot be duplicated. It's kind of like a, like a, what is it called? Fingerprint, right? Fingerprint, yeah. Your gift was assigned, it was assigned to you. Um, your purpose is the assignment that you're supposed to do with that gift. Mm. It's the execution of what you're supposed to um, do as it relates to the gifts and abilities God gave you. Like if, if you were, you were gifted the talent to sing, well, um, your purpose is to go sing. <laughs> your purpose is to go and um, um, disciple and just touch other people's lives with that gift that God gave you. In my space, my gift of uh, belief and faith and, and being a dreamer that's a gift. My purpose is to use those skills and abilities to go and impact lives. Like I said, like you read on the website to impact other people's lives in ways that they are not gifted, you know, or to use those to kind of strengthen areas that are weak in, in, the, in them so that they can see their own gifts and purposes. So we're all just supposed to use what God gave us to support because clearly you have the you have things I do not have. I have things you do not have, and that's right. where complementary um, relationships are really impactful. So for sure, wow! Thank you for blessing me, blessing the people Yay. that are here in this. Uh, you killed it. Thank you so much, Shauna. Thank you for having you me. So much. Thank you. I searched all over the world, struggling to find it. Dear listener. I would like to thank you so much for listening to How I Discover My Gift with yours truly, David D. Simons. As a token of my appreciation, I would love to give to you my most important piece of work to date, and it's called The Purpose Gift Tape. It's a motivational mixtape geared towards helping you to identify your gifts, which ultimately lead to you discovering your purpose. This is a six-track album I poured my heart and soul into. It includes beautiful beats, an amazing spoken word over it and i'd love to give that to you as a free gift as a token of my appreciation for being a part of the community so to get your copy all you need to do is go to podcast.daviddsimons.com that's podcast.david the middle initial d simons s-i-m-o-n-s.com and get yours today Thank you for being a listener. I'll catch you on the next episode. How I Discover My Gift with David D. Simons is proud to be of the amazing and illustrious Alive Podcast Network.